the best way to do this, I think, is like rapid fire. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'm going to start it off. Missing link. Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. You said rapid fire. I mean, we have this kind of European element. We're in Europe. This European life. <laughs> <laughs> So it turns out naming a podcast is pretty hard. I'm Rachel Stewart, and I'm going to be hosting this podcast for DW. The idea is we'll travel around Europe tracing the hidden history of everyday things and their bumpy ride around the world. Think history, but with a cultural twist. And a pinch of controversy just to spice things up a little bit. But we still need a name. So let's get back to that brainstorming session with producers Sam, Charlie and Chris. We want to start in Europe, but we don't want it to stay focused on Europe, right? So it's supposed right. to be like a worldwide Global. story. Or something about like translation. I mean, okay, lost mm. in translation is kind of lame. Found in translation. Ooh. <laughs> I do kind of like the idea of something that gets passed on, right? What's the name of that object that you pass when you're running and you have to pass that thing? Baton. Baton, yeah. Pass then people the are going to think it's like a sport podcast. And also the baton doesn't change as it goes, right? Yeah, and it really is about so like the evolution of this thing, whatever yeah. we decide to focus on. Did you ever play that game when you were younger where you all had to like sit in a circle at kids' parties and you started off with one, I don't know, a stupid sentence or something and then you whispered it to the people yeah. in the circle? Yeah, telephone. I called it Chinese whispers? Mm. Yeah. Telephonosensophili. What does that mean? Uh, cordless phone, which I guess <laughs> oh. at the time maybe <laughs> was meant not to work well. <laughs> Well, I guess when they were playing the game when phones had cords attached to that. We've yeah. just lost all of our Gen Z listeners. <laughs> so in the US, this game is known as Telephone. I grew up calling it Chinese Whispers in the UK. I never really thought about why it was called that. But now I'm kind of intrigued about this and all of the other names that the game seems to have picked up around the world. Who knows? Maybe there's actually a podcast title in there. So hold on to your party hats, we're heading back in time. Take a peek behind the frilly curtains of middle or upper class Victorian Britain, and you'd often find families gathered together, acting out scenes, donning blindfolds and costumes, and getting competitive with wordplay. Welcome to the golden age of parlour games. Pass the slipper, blind man's buff, the minister's cat, the Victorians didn't necessarily invent all of these games, but they did give them delightfully silly names. The blind man, we're already off to a promising start, kneels with his face hidden on a lady's lap or the oh. seat of a chair and holds his open hands laid one on the other behind his back. The company then advance one by one and each gives a slap, light or heavy as he pleases, on the extended palms. And the blind man is required to say whose was the hand that struck the blow. Why he needs his head buried in a lady's lap for that, I'm not entirely sure. But this is kind of typical of Victorian parlour games. There are a lot of them that are, for want of a better word, just excuses for men and women to flirt. Yeah. Um, a lot of them involve kissing. It'll be tricky ones like kiss your own shadow. And that doesn't sound that flirtatious, but if you're careful, of course, you can cast your shadow onto the person that you fancy. Sneaky. Uh, then the one was kiss a candlestick. <laughs> At which point you hand um, the person you fancy a candle, and then they are now the candlestick, right? And so you can kiss them. The things that go on behind closed doors in the Victorian Indeed, era. Yeah, who'd have thought parlour games were so saucy, right? <laughs> I'm in Liverpool to meet historian and host of the Killing Victoria podcast, Dr Bob Nicholson. And where better to step back in time than at one of the oldest pubs in town? The Philharmonic Dining Rooms is like a fancy traditional British pub on steroids. 
ornate wood furnishings, carpeted floors throughout, pink marble in the men's bathroom. I mean, I didn't visit it myself, but I've been told. After inquiring about a rather random-looking picture of John Lennon on the wall, I'm told the Beatles actually used to drink here. But anyway, I digress. As you know, I'm actually specifically on the hunt for the origins of the game Chinese Whispers. That's what I called it as a kid. What's the earliest reference to the game that you found? Well, certainly the earliest I've seen it been described as Chinese Whispers, I think was maybe the 1930s or sort of middle of the, the 20th century. But that is not what it was called in the 19th century. In the 19th century, this game was known as Russian Scandal. Oh. Sometimes Russian Gossip. And the earliest reference I found to Russian Scandal is around about 1861. It was in a periodical called the Quarterly Review, which is like a very serious periodical. This is not where you go for fun and games. But in the middle of that, in the middle of a really lengthy article, as an aside, he says, oh, by the way, there's a very funny game, you know, called Russian Scandal, where you, you do this and this. And he uses it as a way to kind of illustrate the kind of evils of gossip and of misinformation spreading. So he's using it in a very moral way. But then what happens is newspaper editors around the country, they don't you know, look at all the serious stuff. They just clip out that little paragraph that says, there is a very fun game you can play. And that starts to appear all around the world. It feels to us kind of a little bit uncomfortable to use these names, right? Because it, I've definitely read suggestions that it might have some kind of racist undertones or certainly harbour some kind of prejudice against these countries that are referenced. Where do you think these names come from? We often reference other countries to describe behaviour that we see as other, as different from us. You know, condoms are known as French letters in the mm. 19th century. Syphilis is the French disease, but in France it's the Italian disease, right? You know, so so we, we often kind of find ways to kind of attribute slightly scurrilous or disreputable behaviour to a foreign other. And in Britain, Russia was a good example of this, right? You know, they'd just come out of the Crimean War in the 1850s, where the two countries had, had, had literally been at war. And so I guess it was an obvious choice to describe behaviour that we would maybe not like to do ourselves. With this one in particular, though, I think there were also quite a lot of stories that came out of Russia in the newspapers that would often be based on rumour and would reach Britain often through translation, through multiple sort of second, third-hand sources. And I wonder if it was a bit of a reference to that. The idea of, you know, you can't trust Russian gossip because who knows what the truth of it really is. Mm -hmm. It's probably gone through several hands, several mouths before it's got to you. OK, so I'm back on the streets of Liverpool, which has very much brought me crashing back to the modern day. It was super interesting to dig into the history of Chinese whispers, or rather Russian scandal or Russian gossip. But I think it's pretty clear now that we don't want to use any of those as a podcast title. So I'm going to head home and spread the net a little wider. In Russian we say испорченный телефон, that means broken telephone. In France we call that téléphonable, which means Arab telephone. Stille Post. That's German for silent male. In Poland, it's głuchy telefon or deaf telephone. In Bulgaria, we say razvalen telefon, and this means broken telephone. In Turkey, it's kulaktan kula, that means from one ear to another ear. There are so many different names for this game all around the world. That was just a few of them, and maybe you know the game by a completely different name. But before I get ahead of myself and start planning a world tour to investigate all of them, it seems Charlie has come across something interesting. I decided to Google this game that we were talking about, the whispering game. I came across various different lists and there are a few bland names for it like telephone, operator, grapevine. Grapevine's more interesting. But anyway, there was this one name that I came across I had never heard before, Don't Drink the Milk. And I'm not sure where they say that 
if they say that, but I thought it was the sort of weirdest, most interesting of the lot. Quick, what's the number from 911? Wrong sign, Porky. Dear Darla, I hate your stinking guts. You make me vomit. You're the scum between my toes. Love, Alfalfa. We got a dollar. We got a dollar. We got a dollar. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> so good. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> really good acting skills. <laughs> Do you recognize any of those quotes, Charlie? I don't. So after you sent me that voice note where you said, don't drink the milk, I went into a bit of a research rabbit hole and landed here, which was the 90s absolute classic film, The Little Rascals. As you can tell from Sam's acting just then, I I think you kind of like that film, right? Yeah, I feel like it was one of those classic movies we watched when we were like having sleepovers in middle school. Yes. But as with so many things from the 90s, it's actually a remake. It turns out it was all based on this series of black and white short films from America around the 1930s, which also followed the adventures of a group of children. The quote, don't drink the milk, comes from the film entitled Mush and Milk. Mm. Let me tell you the plot line. (laughs) The kids end up milking a cow using a vacuum cleaner. Smart. But, plot twist, then their dog knocks over the bucket that they've just gathered, and they don't want to go back uh, empty-handed. They think their headmistress is going to punish them. So they mix up a bucket of plaster of Paris and water. What? Plaster of Paris. I think it's the thing that you use to make plaster casts. Powdery white stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm. Tasty, hmm? (laughs) (laughs) so then later on there's this scene where they're all sitting around the dining table and they whisper to each other don't drink the milk don't drink the milk ah it's spoiled don't drink the milk why it's spoiled don't drink the milk why it's spoiled don't drink the milk I'm way ahead of you sister I know it now we know where don't drink the milk comes from but what do we think of it as a podcast title I like it. It's a little abstract, a little wacky, but there's something about it that is appealing. That's the kind of direction we wanted to go. It's memorable. It's intriguing. It's still got the same idea of this message being passed on, Mm -hmm. but it's also got more of a warning element to it. Yeah, it's a little sceptical. Kind of got that don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yes, Mm. exactly. (laughs) Don't take it at face value. Mm -hmm. And then if we do this, this kind of means that this whole episode has sort of been like a game of telephone. Because we started off with the idea of Chinese whispers. We're going to end up with don't drink the milk. Somewhere we didn't expect to go. So I'd like to officially welcome you to our new podcast, Don't Drink the Milk. It's a quirky name, but it's going to be a quirky show. Join us in search of historical curiosities, cultural nuggets and plenty of plot twists. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll take you along for the ride. Telephone. 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 Telephone.